From thezebrablog.com, welcome to Before and After, the Furniture Refinishing Podcast. I'm Lane Ball. Picking the right color paint is, you know, it's a crucial step in the makeover process. It's what makes the piece, what sells the piece. So usually when looking at a piece of furniture, I look at the style of the piece. And if, you know, I look at the molding, the curves, the craftsmanships, and what points I want to highlight from it. And do I want the molding to stand out? Do I want it to kind of fade in the back? Or, And that really helps me decide what color I want to use on the piece. Have you ever purchased a great piece of furniture to refinish and sell, but you aren't sure what color to paint it because you're worried that the color you choose will keep the piece from selling? Or maybe you're just stumped. There are so many colors to choose from anyway, so which one should you go with? We think today's podcast will provide insight as we are talking with Jana from the Freckled Farmhouse. We'll get to learn more about Jana and how she got into refinishing, plus we'll discuss a few of her pieces, and then we'll dive into that common question, how to choose the right paint colors that will sell your piece. Stay tuned and enjoy. Hi, Jana. It's really great to talk to you and highlight you on our blog as our September 2019 feature. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, doing well. Doing well. It's uh, We're at that time of the year. We're in transition between summer and fall, so kind of not sure what the weather is going to be like. What's the weather like where you're at? Um, well, today it's supposed to be 80 here in Wisconsin. And you just never wow. know. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow we'll have That's snow. Predictable. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. It's it's up and down here. Well, now we should let the listeners know that they may either hear some cooing or some crying in the background. You have a little baby girl. How old is she? <laughs> I do. She is seven months old, and Very I call sweet. her my big furniture helper. She's been with me the whole the whole way since the day I was pregnant. Oh. Yeah. So she literally is growing up in the business, isn't she? She is. <laughs> She's growing up in the business. Are you guys getting any rest at night? Um, it's gotten better. The first few months was much harder. She was up almost every other hour, but now, Ooh, you know, yeah. she's up once, twice a night, so we've gotten some sleep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah some sleep. <laughs> there. Yeah, she knows when she's awake, doesn't she? She knows it. <laughs> when she's keeping you awake. <laughs> she, yeah, she's. Yeah. she knows it. It's funny, you know, when they're when they're awake like that in the night, it's so like, oh, it's so hard. And you feel like, how can I function the next day? But you always yeah. do. It always seems harder in the middle of the night. Yeah, everyone always told me, you know, when she's napping, make sure you're napping. And that's hard because you want to get stuff done, especially with refinishing I furniture. Yeah. I want to get my furniture done and get it going. Yeah, when she's napping, that's the time to take advantage, yeah. It is, it is. <laughs> so how many kids do you have? I have two. My oldest is seven years old, and so she's in school most of the day. And then uh -huh. my youngest is seven months old, and they're both girls. Uh, we have sweet. Elena and McKenna. Now, um, does the oldest, does she enjoy helping out with the little one? She does. She is the mama hen. She makes sure I get everything done. <laughs> <laughs> she's your she's your big helper. She is my big helper, yes. So tell us about yourself, Jana. I was actually born in Germany, and I moved to the UP when I was about seven years old, and I lived there most of my life. And then my husband's job transferred down to Appleton, Wisconsin here. So we've been here about six years now, and... Yeah, we really like it down here. Um, the winters are, you know, a lot less snow and uh, not so mm -hmm. cold as up there. So that's been great. Yeah. 
So yeah, it's, it's been a big change, but it's been wonderful. How did you get into furniture refinishing? I started refinishing furniture after my first was born. I became a stay-at-home mom, which, you know, took a big financial hit for us because there's only one person working now. So mm-hmm. yeah, I saw a piece of furniture actually in my house and I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe I could make that match my daughter's bedroom. So I actually painted it. I painted it blue. And ever since then, I was hooked. I was like, well, this is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. And then um, it got I got more involved with it once we moved down to Appleton because we had our own garage then and our own space to actually work. So I got out in the garage and I started painting. And I was, my husband's like, well, why don't you try selling a piece? And I was like, you think anyone would buy it? So I was like, yeah, let's give it a try. So we sold the piece and it sold pretty quick. And I was like, oh, well, this could be addicting. So ever <laughs> since then, I've been just hooked. Fun making money doing something you like, isn't it? It is. And it's it's a nice time just to, you know, relax and get out there and have a moment to yourself, especially yeah. when spending time with the kids all day. Now, do you have a creative background? Um, kind of. I would say so a little bit. I always enjoyed painting, but I don't know if I'm really good at painting, <laughs> but like painting like uh, landscapes and that. Mm. I did a lot of that in school, actually. Mm-hmm. I kind of stopped after high school for a little bit. And then after my daughter was born, I kind of picked up another paintbrush and started again. Now, did you, had you um, followed anybody uh, through Facebook, social media, any furniture finishers uh, before you even started? Or was that something that came after you kind of got into the furniture finishing business? There was a couple people actually here in Wisconsin that I was following. They were, uh, I don't know if you know, um, Lauren from Portland Row Studio. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, I started following her and she's actually been a huge inspiration to my furniture refinishing. And there was another girl um, from Create Inspire. Mm -hmm. I really loved her work and she also was a huge inspiration to me as well. And that just continues, I'm sure. It's it's such a such a growing industry as we've talked about in the past and to be able to see people jumping into the industry and and um, it's such a great community that inspires one another. Um, yeah, that's it's really neat to hear. Yeah, it really is. The Freckled Farmhouse. Where did yeah. that name come from? <laughs> I get that a lot, actually. It's actually, um, well, I love the farmhouse style, so I knew that I wanted something farmhouse in my name. And then the freckled part came from my oldest daughter. She is actually covered in freckles, her face. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's where that came from. And I always love her freckles so much. So I just kind of put yeah. those two together and that's where that came from. The names are fun, aren't they? Because it's neat to see. Uh, I know a lot of uh, folks, when they name their business, they'll name them even after their children. And yeah. uh, so yeah. it's neat to see that the freckled farmhouse is an influence from your older daughter. That's sweet. Yeah, it is. And I'm, I'm excited to see if my little one will get freckles too. They're actually both redheads. So I know that freckles kind of go along with redhead so we'll see if she gets it too that's so cute well let me ask you what excites you about furniture finishing I, I know that you know you mentioned your first piece was uh, i believe you said for your daughter her daughter yeah. your daughter's room <clears throat> so what excites you about doing it on a day-to-day basis oh um so much i always love to see how the pieces end up and where they go 
like lots of my pieces, they end up in people's houses as vanities in their bathrooms or mm. in nurseries. And it's, it's just so exciting to see where they go and when a client sends me pictures of them and how they look into in someone's house. It's always really rewarding. And I just, I love, love seeing that. Now, any part of refinishing that you dislike or are you just like, ah, if I could do without that part of refinishing, I would. Um, I like most of it. Um, but if there is one thing that kind of sticks out, it would be sanding. I, sanding is a lot of work and it's yeah. super messy. Yeah. And I usually spend the same amount of time refinishing my furniture, cleaning up the mess from sanding. Yeah. So yeah, sanding is probably my least favorite, but I know it has to be done to get a good, to get a good finish. So would you classify yourself as a very patient person? At first, not really, but I think furniture refinishing has helped me become a patient person because mm -hmm. you, you got to take lots of time, detail, pay attention to detail and it tests your patience. That's for sure. But it's taught me a lot. Yeah. As you just said, you've got to go through those different phases and, and the different processes and not all of them are fun. And I'm sure as you're excited to, to, to start putting the paint on and seeing it come to life and see it go to a client, you just, you've got to get through that process. And, and I'm, uh, that's the reason why I'm, I'm always curious about that, because I think it does take just a great deal of patience to be able to go through those different phases to make sure that the, that everything is done correctly and as a, ends up as a really quality piece. Yeah, exactly. What percentage of your business, um, would you say is commission versus just buying and selling outright? I say about 80% is about buying and just selling outright. Um, mm. I have a booth here at a local antique store. And so I try to keep that stocked pretty good. So I'm buying and selling outright there mm -hmm. a lot. Um, I try not to do too much commission. Once in a while I will, but um, I always think commission pieces don't let me be creative and let me do it how I want to do it. <laughs> I mm -hmm. guess kind of, you kind of have to yeah. do what the client wants, which is fun too, but I like being creative and coming up with my own my own looks for the piece and how they inspire yeah. me. So that's always yeah. fun. We've heard that from a lot of other refinishers as well. I mean, it's not that they don't enjoy that. And that certainly brings a yeah. different aspect to the business, but it does. It, it is true. Yeah. When you've got that piece and you can do anything you want to with it, it there's just a lot more freedom in that. I'm sure some folks are, are wondering, uh, especially with your pieces, you do such a beautiful job. Oh, thank you. Do you ship those pieces? I do not ship. Um, I've actually uh, had a couple people ask me if I would ship, but I'm not sure how that whole process goes. And hopefully in the future, I can look into it more and actually learn more about the process and like what shipping company to use, um, the mm -hmm. expense of it. So that's something for the future I will definitely be looking into. Yeah, yeah, you really should, especially, you know, I, I suppose it really just depends on, you know, where you're at in your business and how much you want to grow it yeah. and how much you can handle the growth, right? Because if you're able to exactly. sell the pieces locally, then maybe there's, you know, at this point, no, no need to uh, sort of stress yourself and ship pieces. But I would say, you know, we had a great conversation with Natalie uh, with a ray of sunlight design, uh, several episodes back and she provided yeah. a lot of good information on shipping and so you may want to check out that and those of you who oh, are listening, yeah for sure yeah you know, feel free to go back and check that particular episode out because it's really helpful well let's let's dive into some of your pieces i'm sure listeners are eager to hear 
you provide the details on a few of the pieces that we're going to talk about today. And, and let's yeah. go ahead and start with your favorite piece. If you don't mind, describe the piece, and then we can talk about what you did to it to refinish it. Oh, yes. My favorite piece is a um, empire dresser, which they are one of my favorite. I just love the character of them, the craftsmanship. You know, they're, mm -hmm. it's solid wood. It's They're heavy, too, and it's amazing. Um, yeah. For that piece, I wanted it to be... I wanted it to look like it's age. It's an older piece, so I mm -hmm. wanted it to be, I wanted it to show age. So I decided to go with a uh, milk paint on that one. So I cleaned the piece off pretty good and then I sanded it down a little bit and then I painted it with milk paint and I just let milk paint do its magic. We all know that milk mm -hmm. paint does what it wants <laughs> to do. <laughs> so it started chipping in all the right places and I love that. Mm -hmm. And so then I sealed it just the way it is and added some new hardware and I actually stained the top of it because I know many people like to put stuff on the top and I wanted it to be mm -hmm. extra durable. So I stained the top and sealed that. And Did you use any bonding agent with the milk paint at all? For that one, I didn't use any bonding agent. Mm -hmm. I really wanted it to be chippy. Mm -hmm. And that's what it did for me. And I was... Yeah, like you, like you said, it's so interesting, isn't it? Uh, because when you look at this piece... It just, it's amazing. It almost looks like a, an artist took and chipped it in the right places. And I, I was going to bring up too that it's, um, as you mentioned, Empire uh, dressers are heavy. And so being a heavy piece, uh, is, did that play a role in why you chose to go white, perhaps? Because white, it just it just seemed like it, it lifted it, you know. It did, yeah. It kept it from being overly heavy. Yes, exactly. It was um, it was a really dark piece at first, and I, I did want to lighten it up because it was so beautiful and bring out the, the character in it, and especially make those legs pop with the chipping mm -hmm. really helped bring out the piece itself. Was it pretty good shape when you got it? Yes, that one was actually in pretty good shape. Um, no real issues on that one, no veneer issues or anything, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. You know how veneer can be kind of tricky sometimes. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that one was in pretty good shape. What about the hardware? Yeah, the hardware on that piece, I actually used my favorite hardware. I just love those little poles on top of the little drawers and then the little pendant poles on the bottom mm -hmm. drawers. Those were actually um, discontinued from my one of my stores I used to buy it from. So I've been looking for those poles forever now. And Kristen from Shakato Interiors, she actually mm -hmm. carries them. So I was so excited when I found them on oh, her good. page online. So that was awesome because they fit yeah. the piece perfect. So is this piece sold? Yes, this piece sold. And this piece was actually made into a bathroom vanity. Really? Which was wow. really, yes, it was really cool to see. Um, a lady and her husband, they built a sink for the top of it. And for the very top drawer, they actually cut it in half because they put like uh -huh. a farmhouse sink in it. So uh -huh. the farmhouse sink like sits in the bottom drawer, which was really cool. And they sent wow. me some pictures and it was just beautifully done. They had the um, faucet at the very top part of the drawers. Uh -huh. So it was like a waterfall faucet coming into the sink. It was, it was so cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, it sounds really unique. Yeah, it, it sure was. I told her, I was like, well, I might need to hire you guys now to make me some vanities. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably nice that they did all the work with putting the vanity in. Yeah, they did. And all the plumbing. Yeah, I know some refinishers that will actually do that as well, but um that's a that's a whole nother area of expertise I would assume that you'd have to dive into. 
Um, now this, <gasps> yeah. this next piece was quite the popular piece. You referred to it as a little dresser and you used milk paint to refinish it. It was highlighted as a Zebra Weekly pick and was also featured by other refinishers as well. It's always nice to be recognized by your peers, it isn't is. it? It is. Yeah, it sure is. They made me feel so special. What's the refinishing story behind this piece? This piece was actually sitting in my garage for a very long time. I had no idea what I wanted to do with it. So I decided to actually go chippy with it. I wanted it to um, look old and farmhousey, and it was Christmas time too, so I wanted a more neutral color so mm -hmm. anyone could put it in their home or in their bedrooms. And um, yeah, so I went chippy with it, and I actually doubted it at first. When the whole piece was finished, I was like, I don't know if I like this. <laughs> Really? And I was like, my husband, yeah, my husband's like, well, just leave it. I think it looks good. I was like, I don't know if I like it though. Cause I didn't know <laughs> if the color matched the drawers, the flower paper in there. Mm -hmm. And, but my husband encouraged me. He's like, no, just keep it. I think it looks great. And then when I shared it and everyone else shared it, I was like, oh, well, I guess it did turn out okay. <laughs> so yeah, I was yeah. really doubting myself in that piece at first. I don't know what it was about it, but I just, I really wanted it to stand out. And I guess that's what it did. Yeah, I wonder too how how much when you get into refinishing because you're doing this day in and day out how how easy maybe it is to overthink you know a project. Yes. Yeah, because you're like right in there with it. You're you're doing all the hard work and then you're putting all the final touches on it. And sometimes when you look at something for a long time, you become overly critical of it. So that's neat that your husband uh, provided some positive uh, influence there for you because it certainly yeah. did turn out to be a great piece. Yeah, that's probably why I doubted it so much, because it was just sitting in my garage forever. <laughs> <laughs> now, is this piece, is this something you kept, or did you sell this piece as well? I sold that piece as well. Yep, I think that piece sold pretty fast, too. Actually, yeah. um, it didn't even make it to my booth. Someone actually really? came right to my house and bought it, yeah. So that's always exciting. Yeah, hopefully they know how popular this piece was on social media. Yeah, I told them all about it, so they were like, oh, how wonderful. <laughs> well, this next piece so is a large buffet, and you had your husband's help on this project, I believe he said. Uh, tell us about this piece. Yeah, this piece I actually won in an auction. No one was bidding on it, and I was like, it's gorgeous. I loved the detail, the front detail of it, and the drawers and everything. It was just beautiful, so I actually started bidding on it, and I was the only one who did place a bit on it and I did win it. Yeah, I'm curious on this. Why why do you think you were the only one was it in pretty rough shape? Um, well, the front drawers were really bad. The two mm -hmm. sliding ones. That's why we um custom built a shelf for it. Um, so I don't know if people were worried about that, mm -hmm. but I saw potential in it and I knew that my husband could do something with it mm -hmm. to make it really stand out and that's what we did. We decided to take out those drawers that were in really bad shape and like lined the whole inside of the piece with wood and stained it and then chose a nice neutral color. I always like to choose a neutral color for um, the buffets because they seem to go in the living room most of the time mm -hmm. for entertainment systems. So I wanted to keep it neutral in this one and then just went with some white knobs. And I think it really stands out. Oh, yeah. I mean, and what a great idea to um, to do that, to basically take the drawers out, correct? And then go in and, yeah, correct. and, uh, yeah, and rebuild that in there. Now, you said your husband did that. So is he, he must he be did. pretty handy. He doesn't think he is handy, but he, he <laughs> is very handy. And I love working with him in the garage. It's like 
our own one-on-one -on -one time. It's like a date almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a date in the garage. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of fun. Well, he did a great job on that. Both of you did. I mean, what a what a cool combination for you both to be able to work together and produce a piece that looks as great as this piece. Yes, thank you. I assume this is sold as well, right? Yeah, it did. It, this one sold as well. Now, did they use, What I'm curious, what are they using it? How are they using it, I should say? They are actually using it as an entertainment system. Gotcha. They just drilled a couple holes in the back and then ran their their systems through it and put the yeah. TV on top. And yeah, it fit perfectly. So it's always exciting to see how pieces end up just like you envisioned it. Exactly. Now, is this also milk paint that you used? This is not. This is Rust-Oleum chalk paint. This was mm. a country gray that mm -hmm. I used. And I found this paint just at a local hardware store nearby. So, Did you do some distressing to this piece? I did, yeah. I did a little bit of distressing with this piece and then I sealed it with um, wax, actually. Very good. Now, do you normally with your pieces, I guess it just varies on the type of paint as to what type of uh, top coat you put on. Do you usually use wax or do you use like uh, more of a uh, urethane or a top coat that's a little more uh, solid? Yeah, it usually depends on what piece and how much use I know they'll get or I think mm -hmm. they'll get, especially mm -hmm. for tables. Um, I'll use the polyurethane on that because I know it can be nice and durable. Yeah. Um, usually for dressers and buffets, I'll use a wax and then maybe a polyurethane on top. But yeah, my favorite t thing to use is wax for sure. I, I love mm -hmm. working with wax. Well, I did want to quickly highlight a piece you featured not too long ago on your Instagram account. It's a bench. But it looks like it was once a bed. Uh, such a cool piece. Was this difficult to, to do? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the bench was actually pretty easy to make. Um, we found an old footboard and a headboard. And it's, it, that was also sitting in my garage for quite a while. And I'm like, hey, Jeremy, which is my husband, I was like, can you make a bench out of this? And he's like, sure, why not? So we, he actually <laughs> cut um, the railing in half or the footboard in half and mm -hmm. attached it to the headboard. And then we just used a couple pieces of wood and he glued and nailed everything together. And it was nice and sturdy too. So yeah, it worked uh, great. And well, it certainly looks really good. I mean, I love the uniqueness of it. Um, now did you, you had to keep this piece, right? Did you, do you have this on your porch? No, I wanted to so bad. <laughs> I wanted to put it on my porch cause it was, um, it was fall season and it would have looked perfect with some pumpkins and some, floral arrangement but nope i sold this one but hopefully he can make me another one soon for my porch uh, we'll see <laughs> yeah it's really really pretty even the colors you chose and then the wood is it um did you just leave the wood natural or is this some sort of a stain that you put on there it looks like i, I suppose you, you stained it with a light color yes i stained it with um old barn milk paint stain um it's mm. called weathered that's uh one of my favorite stains and it already has the mm. top coat built in it so you don't actually have to put a polyurethane or anything on top of it. I still do just because I like it for extra protection. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's a wonderful stain. Mm, oh, nice. And very durable too. So yeah. Well, another, another great piece. Well, it's been really, um, really great taking the time to, to find out more about your processes and learn more about the pieces and, and really the ins and outs of your refinishing projects. Uh, your pieces are quite desirable. Well, thank you so much. And have just the right appeal from the colors you choose to the staging to set it off. 
you know, when you think about how many colors a refinisher has to choose from, as well as how many colors you all can actually mix and create yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense to get the perspective of a successful refinisher on how you choose the right paint colors that will sell your piece. I would imagine that there is a fine line between picking a color or colors and running with it and or thinking through all the color possibilities and running yourself crazy deliberating on which color will make the piece sell yeah. the fastest. So we want to find out, you know, what you do to choose the right colors. Uh, if you would share some some insight, uh, if you would, Jana, on your process of choosing the right colors. Yeah, of course. So picking the right color paint is, you know, it's a crucial step in the makeover process. It's what makes the piece, what sells the piece. So usually when looking at a piece of furniture, I look at the style of the piece. And if, you know, I look at the molding, the curves, the craftsmanships, and what points I want to highlight from it. And do I want the molding to stand out? Do I want it to kind of fade in the back? Or And that really helps me decide what color I want to use on the piece. So if a piece has lots of molding, and be like, oh, I kind of want that to stand out. and Or if it's a darker piece and dark stained, I want to be like, oh, maybe a nice white wouldn't really make it pop. Or, mm-hmm. you know, it's neutrals are always a safe option. It pairs with any home decor and it never goes out of style. So mm-hmm. I, I like my neutrals a lot and you can probably tell on my newsfeed, but don't get me wrong. I also like a, a dark blue or dark green, which is always mm-hmm. fun too. Gives gives it a pop of color in your house. So I really let the piece speak to me and how how it's feeling, how I'm feeling at the moment too. So yeah, there's, yeah, like you said, there's so many color options to choose from. So I always narrow it down to my favorite colors for that piece. And then I'll have like three options to choose from. And then I'll be like, paint a little section of it, this color, or paint another section mm. of it, this color. And be like, oh, well, you know what? I'm really liking how I'm feeling with this color. Let's do this one. So that's usually how I narrow it down to what color I want to paint that piece. So you do that pretty much. Is that pretty much a, a standard for you? Then that you'll take two or three colors and, and do some test swatches on the on the actual piece? I do. I do. I do that in my home too. So I'll take a couple mm-hmm. swatches and paint the wall and be like, oh, maybe I like that color. Yeah. You, there's been times I painted a piece of furniture where I'm like, well, you know, I'm not really feeling this color. Let's redo it. So I'll yeah. redo it a different color. It takes patience and time, but. Absolutely. And I suppose that's part of being an artist, isn't it? I mean, you, it really is sort of a, um, well, you know, it's a, it's a talent, it's a gift. And so it's important for you to be able to sort of step back and look at it. And what are you feeling like today? And what is, as you, as you mentioned, what is this piece or how does it speak to you based on its structural design and, yeah, exactly. And it's aesthetic design as well. So that's, that's, it's really good. It's a fun process, but it's a very rewarding process too. Once it's finished. How much depends on knowing the clientele in your area? Oh, I would say a lot. Um, I know a lot of people in our area like the neutrals. They like the whites. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of goes for a lot of places maybe because it's so easy to pair with your home decor and everything. But. Mm-hmm. And I know my whites sell pretty yeah. fast. I'm curious, have you ever chosen a color that was a little more daring and the piece just didn't move quickly? Um, yes, it was a, I'm trying to think, I think it was a green piece. I don't know if it was just the time of year or what, yeah. but 
it didn't move very quickly and it just sat there for a couple months but then as soon as fall rolled around it sold so maybe it was just the time of year but i'm not really sure have you ever gone with that color again or, or did you kind of wipe that off your list for for a while i kind of wiped it off my list just for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'll try it i'll bring it back again here soon and see how it goes. Well, I'm curious too, with that particular piece, do you remember when you were choosing colors, were you hesitant with the color that you ended up with? I mean, do you see, did you see yourself sort of second guessing what you originally wanted to do or were you like, no, this is it. And you know, you were comfortable with the direction that you took at the time. Um, I was second guessing it. I wanted to mm. do it white because I do most of those kind of pieces in white. It was actually um, like a hutch. But instead, I was like, oh, no, let's give it a pop of color. So I went green and nope, it, it didn't sell very fast. But someone yeah. eventually fell in love with it, hopefully, because it did sell eventually. But it took some time. Yeah, I think it's important to note, too, that just because it doesn't sell quickly, obviously, doesn't mean that it's not a piece that's desirable. And I think a lot of refinishers would probably echo that, that it's, it's you know, ultimately, when you create a piece, you want it to be in the hands of the right person. And that's the exactly, person who just yes. falls in love with it. And that just may take some time, just depending on uh, what the piece ends up as. And as you develop your own style and you have done that beautifully, you know, you've created you. um, a desire for, for that type of style that you have created. So that's, that's exciting. Yeah. Well, Jana it has really been great talking with you and learning more about you and your finishing business. What is the best way for listeners to reach you? Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's been absolutely wonderful. Uh, the Best way to reach me would be through my Instagram account. I am at Freckled Farmhouse. And yeah, you can find all my work there. I also have a Facebook page, which is The Freckled Farmhouse, if you would like to find me there too. So both work great. Well, absolutely. I have no doubt that uh, listeners, if they're not already following you, they'll definitely want to take the time to look you up and, and hit follow. I just want to note as well, just so folks uh, can find you, your Instagram account, uh, you said the Freckled Farmhouse, and it has a period between Freckled yes, and Farmhouse, does. correct? Okay. So yes, it's, correct. Great. It's the Freckled and then dot or period Farmhouse. So that's how you can look up Jana. Well, thanks for taking the time to join us, Jana. We are eager to see your next pieces, and we hope you have a great day. Thank you so much for having me. It's so fun. <laughs> Listening friends, don't forget September's 2019 theme is fall. That means you can paint in yellow or orange or incorporate both. Our prize sponsors this month, along with our Zebra paintbrushes, is BB Froge and D Lawless Hardware. We look forward to seeing each of your entries. We are grateful to each of you who listen to the podcast faithfully. It has been exciting and fun to bring awareness to the growing community of refinishers, as well as making folks aware that when shopping for furniture, there is a network of artists all around the world from whom you can purchase these one-of-a-kind furniture pieces. Consider helping us to spread the word by growing this podcast. Please write a review on one of the podcast directories screenshot your review and send it to lane at enjoyzebra.com that's lane l-a-n-e at enjoyzebra e-n-j-o-y-z-i-b-r-a.com along with your mailing address and we'll ship you a surprise thanks for listening and happy refinishing <laughs>